0: This is The Pod Goblin's Hat, a podcast about the Moomin's.
1: And this is episode one, which is about being read to, presents you don't always want, and the spook side. I'm Dave, a person with a Moomin tattoo on their chest. And I'm Nina, a person without a Moomin tattoo anywhere on my body.
0: And we're reading all the way through Tuve Janssen's Moomin's books together.
1: It's the first time
0: for me Whereas if I wrote my memoirs, the Moomins would be featured pretty
1: regularly We're starting by reading the storybooks for children in order of publication And eventually we will cover all of Tuve Jansen's Moomin stories
0: But today, we're introducing ourselves and our relationship to the books going to start this podcast about the Moomins by talking about two non-Moomin people, uh, which are us. So we're going to say who we are, aren't we, to let the listeners know who they're going to be sharing this experience with. So who are you, Nina?
1: My interest in this comes through my general interest in children's literature. I do another podcast called Even the Trunchbull, and one of the very first requests we got from audience members was for Moomin Valley in November, which is the last one.
0: Moomin Valley in November is the last one.
1: So that's my introduction to the Moomins, is I read the very last book first, and it's the book that has no Moomins in it and has (laughs) everybody else dealing with the Moomins not being there, which is an interesting way to meet them. And actually, Dave, you thought it was a bad idea, but I quite liked it as a way of meeting them. like I felt like I got a good sense of the world and quite a good sense of how everybody else feels about the Moomins and why they're important.
0: The Moomins are an idea in that book as well. like So that the Moomins are talked about yeah. even though they don't, you don't necessarily meet them.
1: And that's sort of an interesting way to meet a character is seeing how everybody else feels about them. So it's going to be interesting for me to meet them firsthand after meeting them through everybody else's projections <laughs> and hopes and fears My mum says that when I was very little I watched a TV show dubbed into French but I have no recollection so
0: (laughs) That would have probably been the Japanese cartoon which came out in the 90s Yeah um, and was dubbed into English when I saw it but will have been French where you saw it because Yes we, we lived in different parts of Europe which
1: is Actually quite a small place
0: I've slightly softened around my my feelings about what book is the right book for people to start the Moomins on. I've got so much joy out of starting art in the wrong places. I played The Last of Us Part 2 before I played The Last of Us Part 1, which everyone says is a big mistake, but I think was great. And it was actually a better way in for me. So I am going to say start the Moomins wherever you like or don't start them at all and listen to this podcast first.
1: Yeah, no, I like doing that. I I love listening to a spoiled podcast and then reading a book.
0: And I don't think the Moomins are the kinds of books that spoilers are really relevant to. But if you are someone who doesn't want to know anything,
1: then what are you doing here? Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) We're not going to worry too much about spoilers.
1: No, we are. You need to minimally spoil me.
0: Yeah, we're trying not to spoil Nina. So anybody listening, don't. Don't find Nina online and spoil her. In some ways, I am the Moomin expert uh, and Nina is the, the acolyte. Yeah. But yeah, so Nina is someone who makes a podcast called Even the Trench But What's that about, Nina?
1: That's a podcast I co-host with my good friend Matt. And we read a picture book and a chapter book, which are thematically linked Every episode we've done episodes on dementia which you guested on We've done episodes about moles and mermaids and grief and schools
0: All the things that children's books are about I've guested on that show Uh, That's one of the ways we know each other
1: Yeah and you've co-hosted on the episode about Magic Hats
0: Very relevant to this show In fact, (laughs) it was me co-hosting that episode about Magic Hats that was partly the inspiration for this show. Um, So Nina is into children's fiction. Is that fair to say? Especially children's fantasy. We both share an interest in that. Fantasy in general, in the broadest meaning of that word.
1: Would you say the Moomins is fantasy? I'd say yes. Yeah. I think so.
0: But then I would say that in a way, science fiction and horror are also fantasy, like all of those three genres. Yeah, Like magical realism is another thing that I sometimes call my stuff. The magic of like imagining what the world could be is what I'm into too. I have made a podcast drama series called The Family Tree, which was magical realism. But who am I? I am Dave. I am a person who... Makes podcasts I dabble in all of the creative mediums And can never quite make up my mind I kind of relate to Tuve She wasn't just one medium person So she was originally an artist And did sort of satirical stuff for adults But then she did stuff for children And then she did comics And then she's done adult stories And I think she, she did murals And actual like practical art There's a particular word for it
1: Polymath
0: That's it, polymath that is what it is. That is what I was thinking of. Yes, she's a polymath. Um, But podcasting is what I'm known for these days, for better or worse. I've kind of won awards here and there and uh, got critical acc- acclaim, whatever that means. I kind of a bit cult, which means that I... Yeah, have good reviews but not very many listeners So <laughs> that is what I bring to the table But we've both been doing podcasting for quite a few years So even though this is the first episode of this podcast This isn't our first time in the podcast rodeo
1: You're in friendly hands, you've done this That's before right. We
0: we we know what we're doing
1: We're friends We are friends That's the other element of this
0: How, how we know each other, yes, how did we become friends?
1: I... Uh started listening to one of your early podcasts. It's not a recent one, is it? Getting Better Acquainted has been defunct for a few years.
0: It's on hiatus since 2018. That's correct. Although sometimes things go out on its feed, okay. Um, like other podcasts. No doubt this first episode of our show will be there for, for, for Getting Better Acquainted listeners. Hello,
1: Getting Better Acquainted listeners.
0: How are you doing? Most of you have been on the show. So, We kind of got to know each other through a podcast. Our first meeting was, like, face-to-face was recording a podcast. After that, we became friends, like, mostly through, like... Many hours on the phone and tweets. We talked a lot on the phone, that's right, which is odd for us. We got to know each other as humans, like, outside of podcasting. We didn't just talk about podcasting.
1: That's true.
0: We rarely talked about the Moomins... Uh, in the early days of our friendship, there's quite a large age gap
1: between us. Yeah. I'm now as old as you were when you met me.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's cool. That's I'm glad that a decade time of friendship moves on. Yeah, I'm glad that time moves on. <laughs>
1: So Dave, what's your relationship with the Moomins like? Well, the relationship
0: that I have with the Moomins is one of my longest relationships, I guess. I mean, obviously, there are a few people that I have known longer than the Moomins. My parents, for a start, (laughs) who read them to me when I was a kid. I discovered the other week that my dad read the Moomins to all of his children. So my dad was reading The Moomins from the 1950s onwards. Unfortunately, I can't ask him why he started reading The Moomins. But if you listen to my other podcast, Down to a Sunless Sea, Memories of My Dad, you'll get an idea of the kind of person he is. And I feel like he's quite a Moomins kind of person. Yeah. I don't know if I read or had the picture books read to me. I do know that I was read the chapter books... That's my relationship with the books. I saw the Japanese cartoon in the 90s. I liked the theme tune to that show. I didn't like the show. (laughs) I think it's because I think that the Moomins are best when they are a mixture of many things, like cuteness is one of those things, but only one. But when cartoons do the moomins
1: they go in hard on the cute
0: yeah they cutify the voices there's a computer game that's coming out next year i think maybe we'll review on this show <laughs> who knows and i think that's going to work for me because it doesn't give them voices it gives them sound effects for the characters i also like the comics that they were also made by Tuve Jansen. They're, they're a different thing from the world of the of the storybooks, I think. I mean, they're often about the Moomins going to our world in a way.
1: Okay. So it's more like aliens come to our modern life and, you know, comment amusingly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. That, that's, okay. that's kind of the vibe.
1: And we're going to go through the version of these stories that Dave likes the most.
0: That's right Which is the books That's right I think Nina will find joy in the Moomins
1: Oh yeah, I think so We'll see
0: But even if Nina doesn't Nina will find the process of looking at the books interesting Yeah And certainly as a sort of developing expert in children's fiction You know, the Moomins are an important text
1: Yeah It's it's kind of interesting that I wasn't read them Because I feel like my reading and being read to experiences as a child were fairly broad I think that's something that my mum put quite a lot of conscious effort into. But I think she just missed these. I guess we read a lot of French stuff as well and a lot of stuff in translation. Yeah, it's a bit weird that I missed it. It sounds like the kind of thing I would have liked. Like I liked Winnie the Pooh, which is sort of some, you know, like it's a similar area, isn't it?
0: I think there's thematic similarities. Yeah. Uh, between those two texts for sure. Both Winnie the Pooh and the Moomins have been presented as like the philosophy of Pooh, the philosophy of the Moomins. Yeah. Like both yeah. and they both have archetypal characters that represent perspectives or personality types.
1: And they both have really cutesy Disney fied T V versions.
0: Yes. Yes they do. <laughs> and the, I mean yes. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh doesn't have a theme park as far as no. I understand, but will be featured in Disneyland, no doubt. I'm sure. Full disclosure, I do enjoy quite a lot of Disney critically. Like I enjoy all my media critically, even the Moomins. It's harder for me to be critical of the Moomins because it's like an essential part of my soul, but I will endeavour to be that.
1: Well that's what I'm here for. I I'll disembowel you.
0: Disembowel me, wow. <laughs> it sounds like
1: No, you know, you can see it more like surgery, I guess.
0: I prefer <laughs> like, to I know, prefer clean. to see it
1: yeah, I prefer to
0: see it that way. <laughs> When you say disembowel, I mean... No,
1: but there's a bit of like a brutal edge to my personality, as you, listener, may discover in hearing me talk to one of my closer friends, and therefore somebody I'm more comfortable being brutal with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Later in my life, I watched the documentary, the BBC documentary, about Tuve Janssen, And that made me fall even more in love with the Moomins. That's where I came to realise that, like Tuve, I had a complicated and weird and unconventional family life. Mm -hmm. And that that chimed really well with the Moomins. What Tuve did with the Moomins is take a dysfunctional and complicated and confusing family life and make it functional, make it beautiful, make it cute, make it all of the things that my actual home life wasn't.
1: Yeah. So have you got like an emotional attachment to Tuve as well then, as well as to the moments? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah.
0: I was asked to do a talk at a live show called Geek Show Off where people talk about the things they're geeky about. And so I chose the Moomins and I rewatched the documentary. When I went back to it, I sort of realised, yes, I have a lot of similar politics to some characters in the Moomins, maybe to Tuve herself. I'm genderqueer now these days. I don't know how Tuve would define in the modern times with access to all of the words that I now have access to so I I definitely don't want to put anything on Tuve retrospectively but what I can say is she was a lesbian and she was a lesbian in a country where it was illegal to be a lesbian
1: do you know what she called lesbians she called it being on the spook side that's what she said when she wrote to her friend and said that she wouldn't be dating men anymore and that she's fully committed to the spook side now.
0: Sorry, bisexual, <laughs> she went full spook.
1: <laughs> she did go full spook.
0: But that's a very queer way of saying queerness, I think.
1: Yeah. And, and it's they? quite
0: interesting in relation to the movement. You'll have to remind me of that when it comes up. You'll know the time.
1: When the spooky times come up.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like, what's your relationship to those kinds of things, I guess?
1: The themes are going to go through. I think... I'm like you. I'm in it a lot for the complicated family dynamics. (laughs) (laughs) I do like quite a lot of older children's fiction. And so like this sort of like slower pace and these little like short, relatively low stakes stories. They're probably not as in vogue anymore now. I don't see very much storytelling like this for that sort of age. Like typically now you'd have things faster paced floating gently down a stream on a raft and playing poker is sort of very i guess it's romantic to me and so i think i'm gonna enjoy that and you know i always enjoy anti-fascism in children's books it's one of my favorite things it's like (laughs) that children's books are actually really political and they can't help but be really political I mean, you know, no art is apolitical anyway, but I think especially like the things that delight you when you're very young mark you in a way beyond probably most things that you might experience when you're older. They sort of go in when you've got a less critical eye. And so you can really slip some interesting things in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And sometimes you can slip them past the parent, which is interesting.
0: That is also true, yeah. And also, like kids can deal with it in a different way than yeah. adults can as well. Like, they, can, they can relate to these things in a different way to adults. And also, I think almost adults can relate to it in a different way than they would if it's told in the format of a yeah. kid's book, right?
1: It lowers barriers to entry to certain ideas as well. Like if we say something like anti-fascism, and here's a book about anti-fascism, a lot of people are going to feel like that's too complicated or that's too heavy for me to access. Or maybe I'm not clever enough to learn about this. Or I'm not political enough to have an interest in this. Which isn't the case when you hand someone a picture book. You know, almost anybody can read through to mm-hmm. the end of a picture book. Now, nah, Most adults can, anyway. It's a very accessible form of art. I think it's also a very difficult form of art to boil down your ideas and your loves into something that digestible. But that's kind of what I'm into about it, is that all that craft and then something comes out looking so simple.
0: Tuve grew up about sort of 10 years, 20 years before my dad. She saw the same wars. Well, she saw one of the same wars. She actually saw more wars than my dad did. But the the, the war, fascism and Stalinism affected her quite strongly. There was also a civil war in Finland I've been reading about uh, that also framed her childhood and I guess whilst we've not lived through any wars and we are a different generations, so I shouldn't say we <laughs> about me and you Nina, it does sort of feel like there certainly have been wars being fought in other parts of the world by our country Oh yeah. but for most of our lives and certainly climate change like Many different things that have kind of bubbled up since Tuve's time Kind of chime, I think, with the chaos The political upheaval The rise of fascism All that stuff that was going on in her time So all of that is part of how I read the Moomins Or how I see the Moomins And so it started becoming part of my personal brand Do you have anything that's part of your personal brand, Nina?
1: Uh notebooks and pens it's it's that i think your personal brand is the thing that people buy for you for your birthday when they don't know you very well that's right so i've got a box of notebooks i've got a personal ban on notebook buying because whenever somebody needs to buy me something i like for them to have the option of a notebook which means i don't get to buy notebooks because i have too many but after seven years of this ban i have used the last one (laughs) so i'm once again allowed to buy notebooks but i don't know if i want to so mine's probably that it used to be it was pens more when i was more into drawing as a kid and now it's notebooks and i think when you have a fandom like you do people will go in really hard on that fandom
0: yeah i mean it's my own fault in a way (laughs) Like, I did a talk at Geek Show off about the Moomins. When I was doing that, I sort of changed some things on my social media to particular Moomin images that I like. That gradually became something I became known for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I bought my own stuff. In my room, I've got like Moomin stickers and uh, I have Moomin t-shirts that I had in the past but wore so much they've fallen apart threadbare and I can no longer use them.
1: But you're lucky because the Moomins, it's a fandom that comes with its own original artwork by Tuve Janssen. So there's a lot of like really nice Moomin merch that you can get.
0: But the, the problem comes with the merchandising and there is a lot of it and that is maybe a problem. Snufkin, would he approve? I don't know. <laughs> we, can, we can debate that. But there's also, there's, there's Moomin stuff that's made without an understanding of the material right. it's about. So they're not always just cute characters. And when they're used in that way, that cannot hit for me. As a fan, and so buying me Moomin stuff is a dangerous thing to do, listeners. You have to judge it right. Um, and Snufkin is my person, but I do love all the Moomins. In fact, I relate to a lot more of the characters than I ever did uh, as a young person nowadays. But yeah, there's too much Moomins merch. What represents this for me is that somebody bought a Snufkin doll, a kind of cuddly toy, but but hand-sized, small, and it doesn't really look like... It doesn't have a snuffkin feel for me. It kind of looks evil. And it kind of, like, is there in my house. Evil. So I gave it the name Nick Funds, which is Snufkin spelt backwards. And now this doll torments me and my partner because we both hide it around the house in places where we're not expecting. And it jumps out on us. You know, we open the fridge and there he is. You know. Snuffkin. Is good. I like Snufkin. Nick funds, that's bad. That represents the commercialization of the Moomins and people not getting Snufkin. Snufkin, of all the Moomin characters, would hate to be reduced to an object, to a thing.
1: Yeah, he would like. Uh, that is not his <laughs> That is not his
0: vibe. <laughs> There were phrases from the Moomins that became part of the tapestry of my childhood. The one that everybody did say in the family was calm above all. Uh, Whenever any of us were being unruly, (laughs) my dad would say calm above all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think even my mum said it, which was ironic because she maybe could have said it to herself a bit more. They have a lot of catchphrases, I was thinking, on my reread.
1: That's interesting. That feels like more of a modern phenomenon, but maybe it's not.
0: It's always hard to say how much of that's to do with the translation, though. We definitely need to kind of try and work out how much of the Moomin's experience is an Englishness imposed on a Finnishness.
1: Yeah. And how
0: much is a Finnishness bringing out universals that also chime with Britishness. In the second lockdown, running up to Christmas, to, in order to reconnect with people, I decided to read uh, Moominland Midwinter on live stream. But during the time I was reading Moominland Midwinter, my dad also died. So I was also dealing with the grief of uh, my dad dying and the lockdown. And reading that book during that time was a lifeline to me, like really helped me to process that grief. The other thing that I think we should mention, I guess, is that, when we're talking about the movements, it is the pictures as well as the words that she did.
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking about the visual elements of the books. Uh, we're going to be talking about her pictures. We'll post what we think we can get away with to the social media. That's right. We'll post some of the pictures.
0: I guess that's another similarity with Winnie the Pooh as well and with other, other sorts of things.
1: Yeah, this really like iconic children's artwork. So we'll be back next week with the first Moomin story ever to be published, which is The Moomins and the Great
0: Flood. It may not have been a Moomin story that you read as a child, it wasn't one that I read as a child, but it is the start of the Moomins, and we're starting where you should start every story at the start.
1: So that's all for episode one. But before we go, here are some tiny cliffhangers for next week's episode.
0: What Moomin characters do we meet? In the Moomins and the Great Flood.
1: And is there even a flood in that book? And why wasn't it translated until 2012? Until next week, try to stay afloat. Bye! Bye!